All right, all right, all right. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's time for another exciting episode of Bridge of the Gap, where we're connecting business perspectives. My name is Colton Cockrell. I'm a certified financial fiduciary and an independent financial advisor with Share McKinley Group. And to my left, I have the wonderful, the most talented, the beautiful Trisha Stetzel. Thank you. I'm, it just makes me so happy when you say nice things she about She just me. smiles. <laughs> Hello everyone, Trisha Stetzel here, owner of Results Extreme Business Solutions, and I'd like to, if it's okay with you, take a minute to talk about why we're all here today. Let's do it. That would be really important. Together we interview local business professionals and industry experts. Our goal is to bridge the generational gender and life experience gap in business through our own unique styles of gathering information from our special guests. And we couldn't be here if it wasn't for our sponsors, That's so right. I want to go ahead and thank them first. Mr. Jim Butcher, who is a relationship banker with Allegiance Bank. And also our trusted technical go-to guy, Mr. Pat Lee, the owner nerd. of Video Envy. <laughs> yes. And now, before we introduce our special guest, yes. um, who is very, very, very enthusiastic, very loud, very fun to be around, let's go ahead and read her bio. So, Trisha, you want to take it away? Yes, I would love that. Winter. Winter is her name. Winter Bush is a real estate agent and marketing professional with over 15 years of experience. She is also a seasoned real estate investor who enjoys sharing information. Winter is a wife to Lonnie and a mom to three beautiful daughters. Welcome, Winter. Okay, so quick question about the bio. Yes. Because if you're 30, you started when you were 15? Um, hey, listen, I started really young because <laughs> I, what it was is that I graduated high school at 12. <laughs> I love this woman. She's I great. love her. No, I, and I make I make stuff up, so that's that's made up. But but not not when you're talking about your profession. Not about my profession, okay. just about the jesting I do, of course. Yeah. No so how old are your daughters? My daughters are seven, four, and one. So oh I'm a mom goodness. to three kids under the age of seven. Mm. Wonderful. And your husband is included in that under seven. Oh, absolutely. He's he's the four year old. I didn't tell you. That. I love it. I love it. No, 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 no. Yes. When, when you listen to this, honey, if this makes the cut, you are not four. You're 44. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know which one's better. I know, right? Four, yes. 44. I mean, 44 just, who acts like he's four? Is that's that? ex- oh, you took the words out of my mouth. Oh, okay. Right? All right. Lonnie, we love Sorry, you. Lonnie. It's okay. Yes, Kidding, it's okay. Lonnie. <laughs> so, Winter, let's, let's jump into this. Um, so, first, really, tell me, just briefly, discuss how you got started in short-term rentals. Absolutely. So, I own a company called iTrip Vacations, and what we are is a short-term rental company. So I'm a property manager, just not the typical kind, not the ones that actually manage a house that someone stays in for a year. I actually manage what people would call their Airbnbs. Airbnb has become the the standard term or the brand that people recognize. Um, So as a short-term manager, I manage a a house and I put it on over 30 different sites, Airbnb just being one of them. And to answer your question, I got into it um, about three years ago, um, I became a short-term manager. Prior to that, I was a long-term manager. And I started by managing my own properties. So I have been in the business for, as you guys shared, over 15 years. And how I learned is by managing my own long-term rentals. Yeah. So it, that was the start of it. And so I tell people all the time, I learned on my own dime. Because there were so many times and so many mistakes that I made. Not yeah. that I'm not going to make any now, but just based on having long-term rentals, 
you learn all the things that you should know really quickly. So can I ask you a question? Sure. Tell me the difference between a long-term rental and a short-term rental. Absolutely. So long-term rental, think someone who wants to rent a house, apartment, or condo, okay. and they want to live there, they want to move their furniture in, that's where they're going to be, and they're, they're going to pay rent on that place. Okay. A short-term rental, they're not going to do any of that. They're going <laughs> to rent it, for. hopefully they won't anyway. They rent it for a short period of time, somewhere generally between two nights and about 30 nights. Okay. So it's already furnished. But it's already furnished. Uh, you don't move in permanently. Okay. You don't pay any bills of that resident. Generally, you move in. You or you you basically stay there like you would a hotel, okay. just for a shorter duration of time. Generally, so like a vacation a rental. That's exactly for right. us lay people. Vacation yeah. rental, relocation rental, corporate rental. Love it. All of those are included. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. nice. mm -hmm. And so just because you know, with just my generation, so millennials. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot of people who are actually buying properties. Absolutely. Okay. And so when they buy properties, you know, they want to rent them out. So just curious, kind of give me the, and I don't know if you can really answer mm -hmm. this, but when it comes to actually hiring somebody like you, what can that do for somebody? Tell me about the price that sure. or the money that they can expect from a, from a rental. Yeah. So it frankly just depends on where it's located and how much it would it will garner per night. And so one of the key things about getting um, a vacation rental is there, there are three key things as I, I look at it, is one, you have to buy right. So making sure that the when you buy, you know the numbers in regards to what the mortgage will cost you if you are mortgaging the property, okay. but as well as the insurance and the taxes. Mm. That's, that's vital. So if you're buying in a coastal area, you may need flood insurance, uh, and that yes. can make okay. a break. Yeah, that can make a break to the decision whether to buy. So that's the first thing. The second thing is um, basically knowing your numbers. So you should know absolutely basic what that property will do from a revenue perspective. Okay. And to get a revenue perspective, you would talk to someone like me, a, a property manager who can do. Um, most times, it's a it's it should be. I offer a free. I call it pro forma, but it's a revenue projection. Okay. And it looks at over the course of the next year, what do I think we will get per night in rental on average, and we have a high and a low, and then what do we, I think we're gonna get an occupancy. Okay. So, okay. See, that's so fascinating just because when, when you think of a property manager, you're thinking of, all right, they got, they're providing the maid service. They don't, you, that's awesome. Oh, it's full service. Yeah, we've, it's full service. I, I, I literally like to think of myself more as a revenue manager because I'm, the, the part that I enjoy the most is playing with the numbers and seeing what's that point that basically people will rent for. So three ninety nine yeah. might be too much. Three forty nine might be too low. So what's the sweet spot? Mm. And depending on the time of year, depending on what's going on in the marketplace, that sweet spot changes. So that's the part that um, that I truly enjoy. The rest of it is operations. Frankly, it's making sure that it's clean. It's making sure that it's ready. It's making sure that the locks are right. Yeah. That's it's more operational than anything. Are all of your properties in Texas? All of my properties are in Texas. Okay. The prop the company I own is a franchise model. Okay. So I own a territory. Mm -hmm. So I own I can rent it, I can manage anything basically from um, Port Arthur to Matagorda, including Galveston Kima. Nice. And then as well right now because there is no other owner in Houston, I can manage Houston as well. Wonderful. So it's it's wide open. So really what it sounds like, it sounds like you're a financial advisor for real estate. Listen, I'd love to be a financial advisor for real estate. I'm just not a fiduciary. Right, still. <laughs> I am I'm a fiduciary, She just wanted to say the word. I just wanted to say the word. I'm the only one that can say fiduciary. Okay? I just, listen, I just wanted to. I am a fiduciary in the sense that it's an 
it's I'm an asset manager mm-hmm. in that basically See, they is, hand me their the keys to their one of their most valuable assets owners do and so it's my job to make sure that I protect it make sure that I take care of it make sure that I get as much money from the, for them as I can yeah that's that I take it very it sounds it sound I make it sound so serious but I take no, it very seriously I really it's do. really interesting I mean so you and I are not that different really we right are. it's just the financial market or the real estate market exactly she's right. prettier than you well I mean <laughs> yeah but <laughs> He's de- he debates uh-huh. that. You know that, right? No, uh-huh. I'm yeah. oh, I know, <laughs> Just not on podcasts, I won't debate it. So if I build on your question, because yeah. you came at it from a millennial perspective, uh-huh. someone like me who's inherited property, yeah. do you talk to, in the same fashion, people like in my generation who are inher- inheriting properties from their parents, from their grandparents, et cetera? Absolutely. Literally. So it, it's the same, the way that we treat the house and the way that we would position and say whether it would be a short-term rental really wouldn't change. The catch is, is I, I would assume your risk levels are different. Sure. I would assume that mm-hmm. you want to make sure that if there's a property that's been in your family, right. you, there might be risk level that's associated with that that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And okay. when we start with a millennial, guess what? They may actually buy a duplex, live in the top and rent out the bottom. Oh, wow. So you do that? I do that. I That's actually like my little, that's my niche in that I like taking a property. And if even if you don't live in it, I'll say, okay, why don't we long-term one, one of these units and short-term the other? Oh, yeah. Because the thing with the long-term unit is that you get that steady income every month. Mm-hmm. So the bills are paid. We know we have, I call it a nut to crack. There's an amount of money that you have to get every month to pay all those bills. So let's make that very comfortable for both of us. Because then when it's not, when something's not renting or something isn't going right, it gives us some room to play. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I like about it. And when it comes down to it, guess what? It means more money in your pocket on the, in the long run. So the exa- I know. I, we both have so many questions, Winter. We're like fussing awesome. over here about who's awesome. going to ask the next I one. I like being fussed In over. your example that you gave where the owner is living on the top and mm-hmm. we're renting out the bottom, mm-hmm. you have a little more control over who's there and what's happening. So how often do these properties get destroyed if you don't have well, that kind question. of situation? It's a great question. People ask me that all the time. Again, associated with risk level, like I can't have my property destroyed. Listen, in the in the time that I've been doing this, it's one, I call it one out of ten. Okay. One out of ten group, one out of ten groups will come in and not do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Literally, like not even the eighty twenty rule. We're talking about a ten percent clip of people that just don't do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, and frankly, that ten percent is not destroying the property. Mm-hmm. There's that the dis- destruction of property is generally about the one percent. Okay, it's it's you know like losing losing the remotes and breaking the blender or the ten percent. The one percent where you walk in and it's totally trash, trashed. They're likely it's it's just an anomaly. Okay, it's not right. it's not common. And so this question isn't coming from Colton the millennial. It's Colton the advisor. Mm-hmm. Do you advise homeowners on proper insurance to have on their rentals? So I'm not an insurance agent, and okay. I never claim to be. But I do have colleagues that I advise that they reach out to. I do require them to have an, an umbrella policy okay, nice. and naming me as um, in my company as basically covered under their umbrella policy. And of course, I have insurance as well that that to cover those to cover things related to my group, my my employees and people that work for me. But yes, absolutely. They their short term rental insurance is very different than regular insurance. Okay. So you, you can't just say, oh, I have a landlord policy. That's a different policy. Long-term property management or long-term properties are definitely covered differently 
So short-term rental insurance definitely, it generally costs you a little more, but that's again, one of those things that you have to put into the equation to say, does this make sense? Mm -hmm. And then do the math. I just, you know, I keep just loving it. I'm sorry, we are jumping on I know, other. it's like, oh, well, I have more questions. Go okay, ahead. so so with as a financial advisor, and you, you know, you deal with millennials, and then they invest, right? They have their 401k or whatever, but they also have something on the side that they want to do, right? They want to be very hands-on when it comes to investing. Okay, so tell me, how does that work with, with um, young millennials who are renting properties where they're like, you know what, I can post this on Airbnb, I can take care of the maid services, I can take care of my projections. Do you have any light to shed on that? Meaning they take their own property and yes. manage it themselves? Yes. yes. Listen, totally doable, totally feasible. Just be willing to give up about 20 to 25 hours of your week. Mm. Totally able to do it. It's not It's yes, not of course you can. That's why I love her because that's the exact answer I give to the <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you can I mean, listen, most of, I mean, People who can invest in property and and be fine be you know invest in on the stock market play you know play the what is it the um, when they basically um, oh I forget what it's called sorry you can day trading it. day trading there that's exactly what it is <laughs> you can day trade right but that your learning curve is very different than right. someone who does this does this every day and so generally what I tell homeowners is I can garner about four times the amount of revenue that they can. Because I have tools. I have things that they have. And listen, if they do, I have some homeowners, uh, I say homeowners, but I have a, a specific homeowner that does a great job. He has a team of people that he's built. Okay, I'm not going to get you four times the amount of revenue, rental revenue. But if you're doing $13,000 a year, you know, on a, a beachfront property, I can get you probably even more than the four times. It just depends on how well you're doing it. Right. And generally, when you have a full-time job and a family, this isn't the, the thing you're doing yeah. The best. Can I ask you a hard question? Of course. What do you wish you had known when you started out doing this business that you know now? Oh, goodness. That's a great question. It is. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm very much a process girl. Um, I wish I had not had the processes in my head mm-hmm. and written them down. Oh, written systems. Written That's systems. <laughs> very important, right? Oh, business like, coach. Business coach. <laughs> business coach. And the thing yeah. is, is I, I know that, right? But yeah. I'm so busy that I know how to do it, but no one else does. Mm-hmm. No one else on yeah. my team knows how to do it if yeah. I'm not there. That's right. Or they do it the, a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way the process says we right. should do it. So guess what? Things get missed. Mm-hmm. So once we have an SOP, we write it down. SOP, standard operating process. We write it down. Our standard operating procedure. We write it down and everyone knows, oh, I don't know what to, oh yeah, you do. Look at number 13. Good. I like that. So if yes. you had done that in the beginning, it would have saved you a lot of... It would have saved me even the churn yeah. of some employees, frankly. Okay. Yeah, you know, and that's great advice for any business yes, owner absolutely. that has and employees so and a mm-hmm. team. And yeah. it's coming from somebody who actually spent years in corporate America. Mm-hmm. So that's one Very thing true. that you, we didn't talk about in your bio. Yeah. You know, so just quickly mm-hmm. tell me about your your stint in corporate America. I did about eighteen years. Um, I'm really giving my age now, Colton. But I did about <laughs> eighteen years um, at Fortune 500 companies, and I worked in brand marketing and sales. So that's how I that's how I learned how to build processes because that's all that's what I did. Exactly. Right. So I know how to do it, but I somehow missed the part of. Yeah, go ahead and write it down. So that's that's a very important piece of it is write it down because, again, one of the, the key principles that I believe in is that if your business can't operate without you, it's a job. 
Wow. If it can't Listen operate without her. you, this now you so have true. a job. It well, is. if Absolutely. you, if which iTrip sounds like it's working very well for you, mm-hmm. but you know, if something happens, business coaching is definitely a door for you to walk. Seriously, come on, should be hiring? Yeah, come on. Trisha might be hiring. Yeah, no. And and listen, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that I don't I don't have times when I'm always in this business yeah. and I'm here. But if I have to be here consistently and things can't run without me, mm-hmm. well, I just got myself a whole new job, and that wasn't the point. Right. Having a job is great. Not what I not what I was That's aiming right. for. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you love what you do. I do. I love what I do. Hey, do you have a crazy question? Uh, I do have a crazy question. But first, I do you have, have a, a serious question. I have a serious first. question too. I'm sorry, it just they keep coming to me. I know. So um, you you mentioned this earlier. So you said you know you don't just put it on Airbnb, right? Airbnb is the Coke of soda, right? Sure. Hey, let's drink a Coke. That's a Dr Pepper. Yeah, let's have right. a Coke. Right, right, right. So tell me about what's the benefit of, and this is probably self-explanatory, but what's the benefit of putting it on all these different sites than just Airbnb? How much more beneficial is that? Absolutely. That's how you get people from the one X to four X, frankly. So. The big guys, they absolutely make up 80% of your revenue. Airbnb, HomeAway, VRBO, Expedia, even Google. Those guys make up 80% of your bookings and 80% of your revenue. But the 20% is how you fill those gaps. It's how you bridge the shoulder season. Shoulder season is anything that's not... Off. So in the in a Galveston, there's the shoulder season would be October to February, where there just isn't a lot going on. In a Colorado market, the shoulder season would be the summer because people aren't there skiing necessarily. Uh, so it's how you bridge that gap and make the shoulder season. Um, Did you hear that? Bridge the gap. Bridge. Yeah. I, thanks, Did you guys. see us? Yes. Our eyes glistened. <laughs> we, we were bridging the gap and we we're making more money. Yeah, I love that. You know what? I'm going to put Trisha on the spot. I'm going to have you come up with a crazy question. <gasps> okay, so... If you had the choice of a dog or a cat, which would you pick? A cat. Tell what? me why. Yes. You don't I, seem like a cat person. Oh, listen, I wouldn't pick a cat either, but if you made me pick one, I should have said neither like my kids. Neither. <laughs> well, you had <laughs> to pick one, so why, why cat? Exactly right. Why cat is because I, I'm not... Um, I'm just not. A, I'm, I, I hate to say I'm not a big fan of dogs because people okay. love dogs. Yeah. But I, you know it's what? I was good. bitten as a child, oh, and right. I've never gotten over it. Yeah. Wow! I honestly well, have never about, gotten over it. Here's a good thing about cats: is they're very independent. That's exactly right. And I have enough things. Listen, I, I have a client who offered his his dog. Yeah, this probably will get cut, but he offered me a, a, a dog that was clearly a high value dog. Like he's like, this is a thirty five hundred dollar dog, and my response is, is, I have enough living beings to take care of. Well, and it's thank true. you, you have thank lo- you. You have four children. Three. Oh, my husband. I was I like, do not give me another child. Oh, <laughs> like, Lonnie. No, no, Lonnie. Lonnie, Lonnie your four year old. Yes, oh. at this point, he's not listening. I promise. Yeah. But <laughs> he's like way beyond. He's gone. Wait, unless yeah. it's on Audible. We could keep going on and on and on. Good. You're a blast. But tell us, how can people contact you? Absolutely. So reach out to me via email at winter at itrip. Net, and that is dot net. So it's winter w i n t e r at itrip i t r i p dot net n e t. Or call me. My phone number is four zero nine five one five one nine seven three. Thank you guys. No winner. That was a that was a blast. Yeah, it was. So <laughs> let's thank our sponsors. Of course, first. You no, know, look, Colton's still having fun over here. I, I got to get back to business. If, if it wasn't for the time, no. I would keep going. <laughs> no worries. So uh, yeah, our sponsor. So first and foremost, Mr. Jim Butcher, who is a relationship banker at Allegiance Bank. And Incredible our, man. And our technical go to go to guy, Mr. Pat Lee, owner of Video Envy. And if there's a certain professional 
or profession that you want to hear, please leave a comment in this week's Facebook post. And we'd also love for you to subscribe and share this podcast with all of your peeps. Yes, and now everyone's ready. The disclosure. Everyone looks forward to this every single podcast. One, two, three, go. Okay. So my name is Colton Cochran. I'm with Sherman McKinley Group, LLC. We're located at 20 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas, 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities offered through Next Financial Group, Inc. Member FIN Recipic. Sherman McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. Whew. You have to. You got to. So this concludes this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another exciting episode. You know, so we did bridge the gap. We did, and we even got our guests to say bridge the gap. That's a win. Love it.